everybody, and welcome to Colored Red. I have a short historical for you today, and I will discuss two different cases that are from the same little area. I think everyone has their special little place, no matter where they live, and here in Colorado, for me, one of those places is Grand Lake. Uh, For a long time, and this is slowly starting to change, but Grand Lake has remained relatively untouched by current trends, I'll say, to put it really nicely. And it mostly consists of the same old bars, um, little hole-in-the-wall eateries, old camping lodges, some interesting and sometimes strange old homes around there, and I'll get into why that's probably the case. It's just truly a place where you can just get away, and it's not too busy. There's not like any ski resort around there that's really close or anything, so it's just off the beaten path, I guess. And um, just a little factoid here that I found out is that Grand Lake itself is Colorado's deepest and largest natural lake. So it might not be the largest breadth, but it's the largest one that's also the deepest one is what I'm gathering that means. And I didn't know that at all. So the area was initially settled by miners and hunting guides in the mid 1800s and then became officially settled in 1867. It initially started off as Old Grand City and was located in a slightly different location than the current Grand Lake. And I'm going to assume maybe it was located nearer to Granby, but I'm not sure there. The discovery of silver in the mountains near Grand Lake turned this small eclectic community of just mountain folk, really, into a bustling economy for a time. But the mines only operated for a short time and arguments over the placement of the county seat led to a 4th of July massacre um, in 1883. So this is kind of my first case. What happened was the seat was moved from Hot Sulphur Springs to Grand Lake and animosity sprung up between the springs and the lake residents. And two commissioners, Barney Day, Edward P. Weber, and the county clerk, uh, Thomas Dean, were basically having breakfast. And as the three of them left the hotel beside Grand Lake, They were ambushed by four masked men with guns and shot. And after the smoke cleared, it was obvious that it wasn't going to end well. So Day Day died instantly, and Weber died the following morning. And Dean lingered on until July 17th, when he died of an infection. And that had to have been a miserable couple weeks. Um, The perpetrators would end up being county commissioner named John Mills, Sheriff Charles Royer, under Sheriff William Redman and his brother. Um, and this wouldn't really be found out until much later because the men were, of course, masked. So the sheriff and undersheriff quickly fled the town and left back to Hot Sulphur Springs, where they, funnily enough, were called upon to investigate the murders that they themselves committed because the people of the town had no idea who had done the murders. They just saw masked men. Um, Sheriff Royer ended up shooting himself on the 15th of July, and his body was discovered the following day. Under Sheriff Redman disappeared, and a search was conducted for him. Somehow they found a body near the Utah border, and it was suspected to be that of Under Sheriff Redman. And it was never determined whether he shot himself or someone else did, and the body was never officially identified as Redman. And... Oddly enough, for reasons that can't really be discerned, Redmond's the only person who has an official portrait that I'm going to put up, and he's a really rugged, you know, linear jaw-looking man, um, and there was a lot of debate at the time of whether or not the man that was buried was actually Redmond, and whether or not he got away with all of this. 
Um, and so I'm going to put that picture up, and this is kind of a historically, I don't know, a historical myth or something that the man buried in Redmond's grave isn't Redmond. So interestingly enough, though, all three of the murdered commissioners were appointed officials, not elected, and the seat moved back to Hot Sulphur Springs a few years later for unrelated reasons. So it was all just completely for naught. But all of this bloodshed didn't stop Grand Lake from becoming a mountain getaway and tourist destination. Small hotels were built, summer homes went up, and a yacht club was even established in 1902, kind of the first of its kind for this area of the United States. And for the most part, Grand Lake has stayed that sort of level of quaint and charming uh, that it always was. So naturally, uh, we've gotten away there, and also naturally, I sought to find out what crimes have occurred there. Aside from the 4th of July shootout, another really haunting crime um, still lingers in Grand Lake, and the house in which it was committed still lingers in Grand Lake. So the story that immediately stood out to me was that of the Spider House. So this is an intricately crafted log home that was once nestled far away from the town of Grand Lake, but is now like a two-minute drive, um, and you can even walk there from the main street of Grand Lake, sitting amongst kind of a neighborhood of newer cabins. And I recently visited this home to have a look at it, and I'll have those photos up. But the reason this house is so unique, aside from its grim history, are the really, really intricate wood details on the outside. And it's basically hundreds of thin little pieces of wood that have been lined up around the pillars of the home, and I'm sure there is a term for this. I just don't know what it is giving it the appearance of being covered in spider webs. And that is thusly why it's called the Spider House. So the home was built by Warren C. Gregg and his wife, Mary, who um, he married in 1884. And they had a son uh, pretty soon after that. And then they hit the trail to head west from Indiana. Along this hard and foreboding trail, Mary had a second son, but the baby soon died and left Mary a very grieving and tortured woman. Um, This was not helped by the fact that the family initially didn't really settle down anywhere in particular or very easily. They lived in various homesteads around the mountains and plains, and they always um, settled kind of in desolate and unforgiving landscapes. Isolated, uh, meager food rations, and hard work from dawn till dusk, and pretty much all through the night to keep themselves warm and fed. So during this time, Mary had more children, some who also died while others lived. And in this sense, having children was some kind of uncontrollable gamble that could bring more mouths to feed or more death and grief for the family, and especially for Mary. The family eventually settled permanently in Grand Lake, and they bought property off of old Judge Westcott, and there Warren built his wife one of the grandest homes in the area at the time, in an attempt to lift her spirits. Uh, Warren had a great knowledge of woodworking, and to this day, his intricate spiderweb details are still intact and are still admirable to see at this log home. Another thing this home had was neighbors and company um, that, and Mary took on a friendship with other women in the town, and so she finally had other people around her to help and to be with her, and they weren't so isolated in just a log cabin in the middle of nowhere. Because this was a trade route and whatnot, supplies were more available than ever before, yet Mary's depression and despair only deepened. 
And we all know that's the case with these types of mental illnesses. Um, On a Sunday... The actual date's not specified. The family's eldest son, Lloyd, was at a dinner party at Judge Westcott's house, and Warren was working in his wood shop. During this time, Mary took a gun and killed the couple's four children who were in the house at the time, and then she turned the gun on herself. The children all died instantly, but somehow Mary did not die instantly, and she lingered on for four days. And I cannot find any specifics on where she shot herself, but I'm guessing her aim just wasn't great. And obviously those last four days were likely misery due to the fact that there wasn't much in the way of painkillers around at the time. Warren buried his wife and all four children in the Grand Lake Cemetery in one single grave. He then lived in the spider house for another 29 years and built log homes and stone fireplaces in the area until his death in 1933. Much of his work is probably why the old homestead architecture and craftsmanship around Grand Lake is so impressive. If it wasn't his work, then it was people attempting to copy it to kind of maintain the same similar style and look of Grand Lake um, that he basically kind of invented. And this is a story I really can't help but feel like something is just left out of, aside from just details about these two people and their just tragic existence. Her son dying on the wagon trip was tragic, no doubt, but I feel like something really dark must have happened on that wagon trip to uh, make Mary fall into such despair. Uh, Mary and Warren tried their best to run from and distract themselves from this source of despair in their lives. Um, Even as other children that they had died for other various natural cause reasons, that didn't really affect them as much as that first child dying. And it sounds like she kind of turned just into the shell of a person um, to the point where she didn't really care much about more of her children dying even after they settled in. So such isolation and such a rugged hard landscape honestly anything could have been happening in that home that we'll never know and it'll just is forgotten in history but clearly she never found the peace that she wanted but i guess warren and his eldest son finally did and so you can go visit this spider house uh, not really walk into it i think it's owned by someone else and i have no idea who that is so don't walk into it or knock on the windows or anything like that but you can just drive past it on the road and see it and you can go see the grave sites where Mary and all four children are in and the wonderful architecture that's around Grand Lake. I recommend lunching uh, over the summer at the historic Rapids uh, Lodge and Restaurant and you can sit there on this river and basically have wine and sandwiches and it's it's really just excellent. So Anyway, um, I will have a episode near the end of the month, maybe beginning of next month, um, with a longer story. And until next time, everyone. (laughs) 